On this week's Thoughts from the Shade, we'll lead with my ace. I made a hole-in-one over the weekend, and Bomb is back uh, to respond and, and maybe give it to me. We'll see what happens. Uh, we have bones to pick of the week. We have flowers to give. Uh, and we'll look forward to the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to Thoughts from the Shade. It's episode 95. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. Summer has unofficially been kicked off. And just off the top here, uh, a note for our followers on the social media. Uh, We've changed the Instagram handle to at TFTSPod to match the Twitter handle. So give us a follow uh, on your social media, wherever you're at. And uh, we'll just welcome them in after after a week off. Bomb, how you been? What's going on? You're gonna welcome me in. You're gonna ask me how I've been. I mean, come on, man. Let's 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 hear, let's hear about it. I'm hearing a lot of rumors. I'm hearing a lot of rumors, folks. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what the rumors are. I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I was gonna tease the episode on, on, on the Instagram before. Uh, we got cooking here and said, can't, can't wait to see how a guy can, can rip me up after making an ace, but we're about to find out. So I guess I just got a lead. <laughs> I guess I just got a lead with, with the story. Um, played a lot of golf this weekend. The weather, weather's been fantastic. I feel like we're on a week straight of just sunny and, and 75, but, uh, Thursday, Friday, not, not my best days. And, uh, Saturday, uh, one of our good buddies and I entered the uh, the season long match play two man teams better ball uh, at the Lou, and we had our first round match Saturday morning and uh, we we stumbled out of the gate uh, we went two down through two uh, I made a four for three to half uh, hole number three and then I jolted the squad uh, with an ace. On number four, and ultimately we won the match in, in 21 holes. It was a crazy match. We can maybe talk about that a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, made, made the ace uh, number four at, at Lulu Country Club. Um, you know, a, a shorter par three over uh, a little ravine. Found myself down in the ravine or, or on the hill short in the weeds many a time. So a relief to, to jar one. Uh I don't know what to say. We played we played the white tees, you know, for the tournament. Uh, a lot of days we we play the blacks on that hole, even if we're playing the the combo tees. Um, you know, not tipping it out, but we played the whites and uh, I believe it was playing eighty seven yards. We had a front right flag on Saturday. I didn't take the gun up. I I let one of the the playing partners shoot the flag, and it's really a hole where you just you just you're just happy to get on when when you're a hack like myself. You're just happy to be on and try to make a par. Uh, but yeah, went up, hit the ball, uh, front, right flag was aiming a little left of the flag center of the green. Um, you know, gospel for, for the high handicappers here, but, uh, ball flight was, was fine, hit it well. And it was actually going a little right of the flag. Um, so I was just hoping it held the green and you bend over to pick up the tee. And a, f- a few of the guys are like, that ball's still moving. And they're like, it's moving toward the hole. So I, I stand up and, I'm watching it, I'm watching it, and then it just, like, disappeared. And, and, like, your heart sinks, and you're like, holy shit. They're like, that went in, that went in. And I'm like, I think it went in. So, you know, you get the high fives, the hugs. Um, you know, no, no yell. We keep it classy. But, uh, you know, everybody else hit, and we, we took the carts around and walked up. I didn't bring the putter because I was pretty confident. I saw it disappear, and sure as shit we got up there and one guy was tight and he knew that was him and I was like all right then I gotta be in and we got up there and the old Kirkland too was sitting in the bottom of the cup and the rest was history man that was that was it we went to 5t um obviously took one there got 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 some spark in the match to down one and and I actually teed I teed the hole in one ball up on five and and hit it out there are you kidding me <laughs> yeah I know I wasn't thinking man I'm I was really, uh, really just trying to win the match and, and focused on the match as hard as that might be to believe. But you know, I got a playing partner, so I can't can't let him down. So we keep it rolling, and uh, 
I hit the tee ball into the left rough on five, and my partner's like, did you put that ball away? And I was like, nah, this is it right here. And he's like, you got to pick that up right now. We're we're playing a match. Not that it's the PGA Tour or anything, but I was like, I'll just, I'll just pick it up after the hole. Like, I don't want to go flag those guys down and be like, oh, I'm switching my ball out and everything. But good thing I did because um, I was kind of scrambling on, on five. It's a tough hole, but picked it up, replaced it, just put it in the rough and played the hole, and, and we kept the ball. So we've got her. Well, I mean, there's a lot of rumors going around, and I, you know, I'm first of all, as a guy who has an ace, um, I want to I want to welcome you, welcome you to the club. Congratulations. Um, you know, my particular ace on twelve, I believe it was playing about one sixty seven, big high draw seven iron. There's a lot of people that are, I think, unfairly clowning UG for flipping a little eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven degree wedge up there. I just want to make sure the listeners are aware. Listen, an ace is an ace, okay? There's a lot of speculation. They're saying, well, he was aiming left, but he pulled it right. How does he zip a ball back left to the pin? Listen, guys, okay, this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime, maybe twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity for stiffs like us, okay? And, you know, whether it's 85 yards, whether it's 167 yards, it doesn't matter. Same result, right the one in. It's a one, man. I, no, nah, I... I appreciate you putting that to rest. Um, I, I did kind of joke with some people. I was like, I guess it doesn't really count. It was like, you know, 85-yard shot. It's it's not a full swing, but those swings are like a little bit tougher than, than a full one, and I'm not, you know, downplaying an, anything else. But, the uh, you know, the 75 80% swing is is a tough one to lock in. So the number was good. It was just a little right, and then then we had some action on it. But I got a, I got a good jab. Um you know, for the incident with Juice at Huntington Valley and, and the picking the ball out of the hole and all that, that that was obviously not on a hole in one, uh, and that was up for debate. We had we had a pretty split crowd on that, but uh, somebody commented on on the Instagram post like, "Who took the ball out of the hole?" So that was <laughs> that, that that was pretty good. Um, I will but, say, thank God your your partner um, alerted you to kind of put that ball away. Because I heard there were more, there was more G controversy out there during this match. So first of all, you make the ace in a competitive round. I mean, what a jolt! That's that's just a guy doing a job, okay. But then I heard coming down the stretch oh, began man. to falter. He was digging for some more Kirklands in the bag on seventeen and eighteen. What happened, G? Dude, it was a crazy match. Um, and like we play for money, and we we play. You know, everybody plays for money down there. I played with a random guy Friday, really nice guy, actually a friend of Mix, um, who we had on last week, and, and we, me and him had a little money match going, but no money on the line on Saturday. Just you know, pride and pride amongst the club and everything. And uh, we were down too early, had the ace. Um, I think we we got another hole on seven. Uh, my playing partner had to make a, a natural birdie. Everybody was stroking off my partner. So my partner was the low guy. I think I was getting 10. And then they had a, a 10 handicap who was getting seven and, and a 14 who was getting one more than me. Uh, but but the only two holes that we won in the first eight holes were a hole in one and a natural birdie. And then uh, we, we got it to all square at nine. And by 15, after 15, we were up three. So we were dormy. Uh, I made a big putt to half number 12 uh, for par, and then I made 4-3 on 13. Uh, and, and then, yeah, after 15, we're up 3-3 three, three to go. And I drive it to, to the ladies' entrance on 16. I'm on the fringe putting for eagle. Uh, three jack that, make a four. Their guy makes a birdie. Same same guy crushed us 16, 17, 18. So he, he makes birdie, 17-T, hit it right, out of bounds. Um, their guy, I think, makes five for four. 18T, I hit it right again into Lime Kiln Pike, uh, out of the hole. My partner makes a four. Their guy makes four three. So their guy went birdie, net birdie, net birdie, 16, 17, 18. And the, the funny part about it was, you know, somebody makes an ace at that place and, and everybody's wait, waiting for their free drink, right? And there's people on the patio watching us play the 18th hole. They think I'm coming in, I'm coming in. And like we're walking off the green, and I'm like, we're not done. Like this match is tied, so we. we yeah, they must know your reputation as a Dodger. You know, we could fire that video back up. G the Dodger. 
Yeah, I, I was up there. The tab was open. It was healthy. <laughs> uh, we, we took care of the staff, uh, the, the fantastic staff at the Lou. But so we got to the pro shop. They're like, you got to wiggle in back at one and, and play till somebody wins. So we're over there and we're waiting like 15 minutes because it's, it's Saturday afternoon and all the tea times are full and we have to wiggle in. So we're waiting, waiting. And I was, I was anxious as hell. Um, adrenaline was going and we have one. Uh, I made par, my partner made par, one of their guys makes par. And then on two, me and one of their guys are getting a shot. Uh, so their guy makes four for three. I have about 12 feet to have it for four or three. And then my partner has about 10 feet for birdie. And luckily he, he went first. So he had a little more than me actually, but he drained the birdie. We have that. I didn't even have to putt mine. Thank God. And then uh, I piped one on three. One of their guys goes out of bounds. They make five, four. I made four, three. Uh, and that, that was the end of it. So crazy, crazy match. 21 holes. Uh, we came out victorious. It was some sort of day to, to make an ace and then play in a match like that. A uh, lot of lot of energy, a lot of angst, uh, a lot of excitement, but nothing but good times at the Lou as always, man. And let's just say there is nothing more poetic than a guy like G. I mean, I'm not going to kill you here, G. You're an economical guy. You know, you. it's not – I would, cheap is, is the wrong word. I'd say economical. He's cost-conscious, right? Drives a, a, a gas sipper. And to make an ace on the Saturday fucking Memorial Day weekend is like one of the funniest things ever. Yeah, I was I was kind of not really sure what to expect, and I got up there, and it was like kind of empty because when we finished eighteen, people were waiting, and everyone's like, "Oh, where's G?" and start your tab while you're out there, and and <laughs> my, my partner's like, "No, dude, like you made the ace, you got to be up there to open it up and everything." So I, I ultimately waited, and uh, yeah, it was it was a light crowd, but we stayed for like three or four hours, and a lot of people popped in and. You know, people are getting bourbon, people are getting martinis, transfusions, which which I'm totally fine with. Um, so I, I I think I paid my due uh, in, in terms of the tab, but crazy day. Like, I think even Sunday, uh, I mean, aside from the hangover, like I was just kind of, you know, out of it because you had such a high on Saturday. Like for for guys like us that are just, you know, weekend grinders and you, you love the game, and you don't play like super competitively, but you get a little competitive juice here and there, like to make an ace and then win a twenty-one hole match. It was, it was, it was pretty high. It was a, it was a soaring high, as our buddy Francis would like to say. Well, congrats, G. I'm excited to see where the ball will go. Uh, we we need to get that thing mounted, framed. You got a you got a big backdrop there. I think that would fit fit a nice, you know, centerpiece or some sort of a a piece for the G ball or the G hole or some sort of artwork. Yeah. It took us long enough, but we kept the ball. We kept the scorecard. Um, it's funny. Like you obviously you get a lot of congrats and, and I shared it on social. So obviously, uh, got a lot of love there, but I, I had somebody text me, um, you know, that doesn't know the Lou all that well. And they're like, well, what hole, how, how far, what club? And I was like, well, it's like 87 yards, hit a 54 degree wedge. And the response I got was like, were you playing a par three course? <laughs> I was like, that's damn. what you would think. I was like, damn, that's rough. But I would, I would say like, I, you know, if you brought out any of your, your hack friends or any average golfer, even from that, from that 85, 90 yard mark, it's no, uh, you know, it's no walk in the park with, with the Valley down there. So, uh, no. And, and to further, that. to further back up your point, G not only is the Valley an issue, from that yardage, I've gone OB. Like you, yeah, you yep. thin something and it's in the street. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we've we've made all sorts of messes of that whole left, short, long, right. Um, but yeah, I mean Saturday Memorial Day weekend. Like, I mean, I think uh, unofficially you made your ace on, on June thirty first, uh, according to the clubhouse. I mean, I think that's Leap floating year. around. That's floating around 4th of July weekend, so I was just following your lead in terms of picking a holiday weekend to dunk one. Leap year, you know, June 31st. It's the day after the the big G day, um, as they as they call it. Um, doesn't exist. Somehow my name is on a plaque with June 31st, but we'll take it. At this point, it's like a running joke. It just didn't happen. 
That's so bad. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can get 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 on the uh, the wall up there and. Good old John Rusk. He actually came up to me, congratulated me, and was like, get down in the pro shop. We'll get you hooked up with some sort of, you know, piece to commemorate for yourself. So I was like, all right, good deal. So uh, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate all the all the love on the ace. Um, but, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm a hack that, that got lucky. So it's all good. I'm trying to think if, like, anything else kind of funny happened or I want, wanted to share anything else about about the ace, I teed the ball off. Um, I got I got asked if I played a par three course. I think that's about it. If I think of anything, we'll uh, we'll get back to it. But um, nothing of note for you, bomb. Like the last last couple of weeks, you just want to get straight into the bones or what? Let's just dig into it, man. I've pl- I've played plenty of golf. None of it good. Not worth talking about. All right. Um, well, we'll get to some basketball. We obviously have the NBA finals coming up, uh, but we'll stay. On the topic uh, of golf, and I'll lead us into this week's Bone to Pick of the Week. Uh, I know it's been a popular topic uh, in the sports media, uh, online and, and whatnot, but I think it needs to be driven home. And, and my Bone to Pick this week is with uh, PGA professional Michael Block. Uh, we saw him with, with the top 15 finish at the PGA Championship. He catches the special invite to... Uh, Colonial last week, Colonial Memorial. I think Memorial is this coming weekend. I don't know. I can't keep keep anything straight. Um, but he goes out, and before he goes out, he's obviously getting the media tour, right? He's a, he's on four play. He's on with Bob Mennery, and Bob Mennery is asks him like, "Hey, you know, what separates these Rory's and Jordan Spieth and John Rahm's and, and so on? What separates these guys?" from you or like how much better are they than you and Michael Block has the audacity to be like well uh, I think it's the length right like if I had Rory's length I would be uh, one of the top players in the world Um, I mean hey Michael Block if if I was a little bit longer off the course I'd be Johnny Sins but I'm not so here we are Um, (laughs) like so he he says that and it says, you know, it's just the length. Couldn't be anything else. Um, and he proceeds to shoot, I believe, 11 over on Thursday in his opening round and then follows it up with a four over, uh, plus 15 in two days, a missed cut uh, at Colonial this past weekend. So it was a nice story. Uh, you know, he cried a lot. I'm a crier. You know, I, I thought it was nice. Maybe was it overblown from Jump Street at the PGA? Maybe a little bit, but it was certainly fun to watch. Uh, him make the ace and him competing and playing with the top guys like Rosie and, and McElroy um, at the PGA championship. So I like, I wasn't going to kill him for that, but when you go out there and say like, oh, if I was longer, like I'd be, be one of the top guys in the world. Like you, you can't follow that up with a plus 15 missed cup. But I will say one of our, one of our friends and followers uh, on the Twitter, Mr. Billy switchblade, uh, he had it as a play of the year, Michael Block, to miss the cut. It was minus 250. I mean, I think after the emotional week that he had at the PGA, it was it was a really, really solid play, pr- pretty much a lock. Uh, the number told you, but he gave it out as like a, a play of a lifetime. And, and sure as shit, uh, the guy didn't sniff the cut. Uh, I, I don't hate the bone. I just think it's funny how everybody's like dogging this guy for making that comment. I mean... I make that comment once a week about various things. Oh, if I had, you know, Bryce Harper's bat, I'd be a big leaguer. Oh, if I had, if I had Aroldis Chapman's left arm, I'd be a big leaguer. If, oh, I think it's funny. I mean, but I think there's something too, like this whole idea of, oh, you've now ascended, you know, sports, you know, uh, a, a big mountain. Not that he won, but he, you know, ascended into kind of like the public sphere and now people are like, well, wait, hang on. I liked him when he was an underdog. Now he's getting a little too big for his britches. I mean, Christ, if I had Rory's length at Lulu, I'd be a fucking scratch golfer. Yeah, I guess there's something to that. But, like, I feel like golf's a little different where it's just just because you're long doesn't doesn't make you better. Uh, I know guys that, you know, are of similar kind of handicaps uh, or – maybe in the same skill range and you know the guys that aren't as long are, are actually better players it's more than just hitting along but I'm, I'm not going to go and, and act like I'm a golf expert here um, but it's just interesting too like everybody thought he was this big underdog and, and kind of came out of nowhere but he's he played like two events uh, earlier in the season as well so I 
kind of thought that was interesting because I didn't know that before the PGA, but then people were like, yeah, he played in the Farmers Insurance and, and there was one other event. So like he, and, and he had won, like he had a 75 K like winning or, or win uh, at some point and maybe a semi-professional event as well. It's so like, it's not like this guy just like happened to, to come off the street from the pro shop and, and finish plus one top 15 at the PGA championship. It is funny too, how he says off. Oh, I had Rory's length, but like, Rory has Rory's length, and Rory can't fucking win shit. Like, <laughs> like, so, so you're basically just saying the rest of your game is much better than Rory McIlroy. Yeah, that, that's that's true too. Uh, but I, we didn't have you last week, and, and Mick and I talked about it a little bit. But like, I'm I'm curious to hear your take on like the the PGA Championship weekend with Michael Block. Like, it was it was it was a little sappy. I feel like that's not up your alley. I don't know. I I I mean. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I mean, for him to get up and down on 18, first of all, the ace um, was unbelievable. And then for him to get up and down on 18, the way it was just kind of the way everything occurred, like the way that ball kind of just like trickled towards the hole and then dropped in. Um, no, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool moment. I thought the for me, the the part that was was the most like emotional is like a guy who doesn't know this guy and just turns, here's the story is like the video of his club like when he when he makes the ace and then when he makes the up and down on 18 it's like you know you you kind of you could totally see that like if one of the guys at the Lou were were competing and had one of those shots like you better believe we'd all be there blasted like watching the freaking thing like you know hanging out and going bananas like that's the that's the thing that I thought was super exciting just thinking about you know his club his family, less about him, more like the people that know him and how cool that is to be associated with him. Yeah. And he definitely made it, made it out to be bigger than, than him. He made it about, you know, friends, family, his club. So, uh, slight bone, slight bone, you know, one, one, one off comment, uh, in, in the whole media tour when the guys, you know, not on TV, not in front of the camera a lot. So, uh, maybe a harsh bone out of me, but I just, I thought that comment was, was really something else. Um, but, <laughs> I'll send it over to you. Uh, we obviously, the Sixers hired Nick Nurse. Uh, prop, all problems fixed, obviously. Uh, but I, th- I think your bone uh, takes us to the hardwood. So why don't you let her rip? Yeah, and gee, I'm assuming we'll talk a little bit about, about hoops here move, moving forward. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, as, as the biggest, probably the biggest Sixers fan I know, um, I've been locked in on this team since Jump Street. I thought they were going to do it this year. I thought this was the year, only to be devastated in a Game 7 against Boston on the road. Um, and then I have to watch this Miami and Boston series. And as the resident Sixers super fan, it just it ripped my guts out just thinking that the Sixers, I think if, if they had made this round against the Heat, would have just danced to to a championship. But then the thing that really just killed me, um, as James Butler is finishing off the Boston Celtics in Game 7, they keep running this fucking commercial for, I guess, what is it NBA Network? Is that where it's going to be on? I believe so, yeah. You hear the voice. You hear AI. You hear Larry Brown. AI, yeah, man, it was it was tough, man. We we got into it. Larry Brown, AI made me a better coach. And you look up, you look, you know, because you're on your phone. It's a commercial. You look up, you go, whoa, what what's this? And then you see it. They got the big skyline of Philly. You got Larry Brown's face. AI, everything but the chip. <laughs> Dude, you can't make this shit up, man. We're doing like a fucking NBA TV 30 for 30 for a team that got waxed in the finals. Granted, great team, legendary team in the city of Philadelphia. But for the 76ers to have the best team of the last, I guess, 50 years since they won it in 83, to the 2001 team, to have it entitled Everything But The Chip just makes me laugh so much because these processors of today, the Simmons Slurpers, the Wentz Worshippers, the BCI Bayers, the processors of today would have you believe that, I mean, I, I, I don't know, G, in 20 years, will we be seeing uh, everything but the chip part two for the Kawhi shot? They'd have you believe that occurred in like the fucking NBA finals. 
That shit writes itself, man. Um, now it, it's funny. Like I, I think it's, I think it airs late, later tonight. Uh, we're recording here Wednesday. Um, but it, it, it was like a good commercial. And like you said, you, you don't watch the commercials and then you hear I, AI like, man, if you thought that this run was all rainbows and butterflies, you thought wrong and or this season or whatever. And then it's, it's just everything but the chip. It's like how poetic, like it just fits. If it, it fits what's been happening in this city, uh, pretty much ever since the Eagles won the Super Bowl and everything in between like the 08 and, and 2017 and, all the trials and tribulations in between where we've, we've come up short. Um, but no, it's, it's a good bone. It's, uh, it's, it's fitting, fitting for this city, but, uh, obviously as, as us, us as Philly fans, misery loves company. Um, and I got, I got to give my flowers to some people that might be down at the moment. And that, that would be the Boston sports fan base. They just, they just need some flowers right now because they got, they got absolutely nothing else. Uh, they had the best NHL regular season, uh, in the history of the league only to be bounced by an eight seed in the first round on home ice. Uh, and then they had the Celtics who stumbled and bumbled through the Hawks and the Sixers, uh, and still held, uh, the title or the spot as, as NBA final favorites, uh, to win it all. And then they lose a game seven on home court to another eight seed at TD Garden. So two game seven losses uh, to eight seeds at, at TD Garden this year for Boston. Um, you hate to see it. Uh, title Town. It used to be Title Town. I don't know what it is now. Uh, I think the Boston Bruins are at the end of an era uh, with, with Burgey and Krejci and no more Chara. Chara's gone. Um, I think it's might be the end of an era there. Uh, the Celtics, uh, I only know this because I saw some processors tweet about Jalen Brown being a free agent and he could be gone. Uh, and that, that, that makes room or leaves the East wide open for the Sixers again next year. So Jalen Brown might be gone. Um, and we saw, we saw what Tatum was. Like, I know I gave him his flowers or his props for game seven against the Sixers, but uh, he he's a whiner. He's soft. He's he 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 doesn't have the dog. Um, I I don't think he ever gets it over the hump. Uh, without some help, uh, and then you have you have the Patriots, and ever since Tom Brady left, uh, they they've totally crumbled. Uh, so the Patriots, they're done. I think the Bruins are done. Boston, the Boston Celtics. Maybe I don't know. The East is wide open, so so maybe. Uh, and then you have the Red Sox. I mean, they're four games out of a playoff spot and and in last place uh, in their division, despite being three games over five hundred. But uh, I got to give the flowers to to the Boston fan base because they're hurting right now. Fuck them. <laughs> Quite honestly, fuck them. No, yeah. it, it couldn't happen to a nicer fan base. Probably the most arrogant fan base uh, in all of sports, would you say? Uh, I would say yes, but I would also say they had a right to. Like, they just won everything. Yeah, they did. And that, and now, like you see, oh, it's so hard being a Boston fan. It's so hard. It's so painful. Like, this is how it is to be a fan of every other team or a fan of every other city. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, you say like you lose in the playoffs and everything. Well, so did the Phillies, so did the Eagles, so did the Sixers. And, and you could say that for, you know, the New York teams. They all have teams that make the playoffs. Like it's not like you're the only city where your team makes the playoffs and you lose and it hurts. That happens everywhere. It's just it didn't happen to you for so long and now it happens all the time. This is normal for us. So welcome to the club. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but fucking man. Uh I don't know if you want to do your flowers or you want to stick to the hardwood. I don't know if you have any thoughts on uh, James Butler and, well, and that stick, game. Let's stick with the hardwood, man. That, that game seven performance, the Sixers and Nick Nurse. Um, I mean, first let, let's let's talk about the Heat. Uh, this Heat culture, Pat Riley, uh, what a run it's been. I forget what I wrote on the Twitter account after after the Heat took down Game Seven. I think I wrote something along the lines of like, as the Heat move on to another NBA Finals, you have to remember the only way to acquire talent 
and compete for an NBA championship is to lose intentionally and draft in the lottery for multiple years. Uh, and that we have the MVP and that another thing that we see a lot uh, from these blowhards out there is that this isn't the same Jimmy Butler we saw in Philadelphia. He, 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 he only had 16. You're right, he's older. Yeah. He only had 16 in game seven against the Raptors. He didn't have that dog in him then. Um, so just, just remember that as you're watching this NBA finals, I mean, your thoughts on game seven and the heat overall, as they go on to take, take on the nuggets. Um, it was as close to a can't lose bet as, as I can remember. Um, I think they were getting what seven and a half. Uh, I forget what the money line was, but, I just had a sense that this team was going to come out and win the game and Boston was going to be over overhyped, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Spolstra, I mean, I was a hater on this guy for years when they had Bosch and LeBron and D-Wade, and boy, was I wrong. This guy, this guy can coach. He can develop players. Um, gee, your boy Chris Quinn. Uh, why, why isn't anyone looking at him for a, a coaching job? That, that, that's shocking to me. I feel like I always see him in the fucking gear on the sideline, coaching the boys up, getting in the guys' faces. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And then you look at the president, the front office. I mean, you heard Butler say it after the game. Um, you know, uh, he, he he gave props to Spo, gave props to he calls him Coach Pat, and they asked how he was able to get it done, and he said, "Yeah, just just relying and trusting in my teammates." Um, which is hilarious because after a game seven in Toronto, he flew back to Philly, got got on, got in the car, and drove ninety five south all the way down to fucking Miami. So that tells you the amount of trust and reliance he had in his teammates in Philadelphia. Um, just you know, a beautiful thing. And and you know, whether they win, whether they, they lose in the finals, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it matters for Jimmy Butler and his legacy, but. At the end of the day, you look at what this guy's capable of. Um, you look at, you know, what he said last year in their end of season press conference after the game seven loss. I actually, I read something today. He was DMing with a tennis player. Uh, did you hear the story? Uh, I guess yeah. at the Miami Open. Uh, I forget who it was. One of the one of the younger tennis players who he was at the tennis thing, and she recognized him, and he invited her fa- her and her family to a game. Um. And then he invited her and her family to a game for the for I forget if it was like the first round of the playoffs and she's like, Oh, I can't, I'm competing in XYZ tour and he's like, Oh good, just shoot me a DM when we make the finals <laughs> and and I'll hook you and the fam up with tickets. Dude, Dude just a- like oozes confidence. And the tennis player even said, I got that I, I, I'm not doing the story justice because I forget the girl's name. But she said, I got that DM from Butler about getting tickets. And he said, when we make the finals, you know, reach out. I'll get tickets for you and your family. And she said, I was in a match the other day and I got down early and I just thought to myself, you know, you got to have that Jimmy Butler confidence, man. So this guy, I mean, he improves tennis players and we kicked him out. He's the best. You saw um, Bam Adebayo with the the Eastern Conference Championship trophy and he, he tried to hand it to Jimmy. And Jimmy said, I'll hold the next one. Um, it's just so good. I don't know. Like, he comes out of that loss last year, heartbreaking loss, and says, we'll be back and we'll get it done. A year later, he does it. And we we have our guy who says, you know, I can't get it done myself, man. I can't, me and James can't get it done. My back. But. My back. Yeah. And, like, the other, the other crazy thing is, like, not just to get on, like, Joe – um, you know his shortcomings, but every I think I talked about it a little bit last week. But you you, you go down the list of the undrafted guys on the Miami Heat because this entire the process and now this off season, like the first thing I heard after the Sixer season ended was like, okay, well if you trade Embiid then and Harden goes, then you got to trade Maxi too. You have to gut everything because if you keep Maxi, it might be good enough to to be. Um, not picking in like the top five, like you might pick eight through 12. And that's, you know, that's not, that's not bad enough uh, to where you can land like these talented guys. And that Caleb Barton on Miami, he was like the X factor in the series undrafted, 
Um, Duncan Robinson, undrafted. Highsmith, Gabe Vincent, Strauss, Strauss, whatever his name is, all undrafted. So we've, you know, this city, this team specifically, the Sixers and their fans have been brainwashed to think, and it's kind of trickled over to the Flyers a little bit with them being bad. You've been led to believe that you need to intentionally lose tank, draft as high as possible, and that's the only way you can acquire talent. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, and you always like to talk about it. That just instills like a losing culture. And I think you texted something after game seven of, of Heat Boston. You're like, wow, it's funny what happens when you have like a winning culture. Like I'm shocked, like being all sarcastic. So uh, it's just weird that in this city now we're, we're just brainwashed to think like, oh, if, if, if we're not good enough to, to go for it all, then we might as well just tear it all down because that's the only way we can acquire that talent. Everything but the chip, G. <laughs> to, to your point on Caleb Martin, obviously an undrafted guy, but he, he was with the, uh, I think the Hornets before in Charlotte got cut, and I saw an interesting story. Somebody sent it to me about uh, him him balling with J. Cole. Did you see this story? I don't know. So J. Cole, the rapper, I guess, does some runs with the guys and said that this guy, Caleb Martin, he, like played with him. You know, had other guys coming through the gym, other NBA players, and he's like, dude, this guy's like an NBA player. Like, what the fuck? This guy, nobody's picking this guy up. So Jay Cole makes a call down to Miami and says, dude, I got a guy here who's like, you guys need to take a look at. And uh, <clears throat> long story short, he's like, he went to get like his freaking COVID shot like that morning, got on a plane that morning, goes down to Miami, does the tryout, lights it up, et cetera. They signed him like that day or the next day. And he was just saying how, like, Pat Riley was there on the sidelines watching all these guys. So, like, you think you think about that that team, that that franchise, and everything Pat Riley's accomplished in his age, and he's taking time out of his day to sit there and watch these undrafted guys and these guys who were cut work out and play, pick up. And and do these different drills and like do, do do we do we do we have that with like the Harris Blitzer leadership, or are we just flying our fucking Fugazi rapper Meek Mill out of prison? Who's Meek Mill calling up? Are we getting any players? Are we getting any players? We got Jake Cole calling the fucking Heat. Where's Meek Mill? I think we got. I think we might have to replace Daryl Morey with with Jake Cole. Um. <laughs> Honestly, and he's better at managing the cap too. Yeah, I, I, I was going to make light and transition to uh, the hiring of Nick Nurse because of, out of everything I've been reading, like the only reason we got Nick Nurse is because he loves Daryl Morey and his relationship and respect for Daryl Morey. Uh, so the Sixers land a new head coach, a new bench boss, uh, for, former Toronto Raptors coach and NBA champion. Nick Nurse uh, will be your new head coach. Um have yet to see anybody really online say that they don't like the hiring. Haven't haven't seen much critical content of this hire. Well, don't uh, worry, you'll get it here. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. It it doesn't move the needle for me. Like I'm sh- I'm sure he's a good coach. Um, he did well with Toronto, right? Uh, yeah. For the for the most part, um, you know, he's got a good reputation. But it's of all the good things that you can say, like. Again, I said it after the Sixers lost. The pro, and I don't even like Glenn Rivers, but the problem didn't doesn't lie with the coach. So this this does yeah. nothing for me. Yeah, and it, this isn't an indictment of Nick Nurse. I'm sure he's a nice guy and a decent enough coach. But my underlying point is this guy got carried to a championship by like one of the preeminent stars over the last 15, 20 years in Kawhi Leonard with like a historic playoff performance. Who on this team is going to give him that? Well, maybe Nurse got Kawhi to perform, uh, you know, injured because maybe, maybe the Sixers thought like Embiid's always injured in the playoffs and Kawhi Leonard's always in, injured, so he won with Kawhi. Maybe he can win with Joel. That's, gee, that's a fantastic spin. I like that. That's <laughs> yeah. why he's the nurse. He nurses him back to health and gets him out on the hardwood, man. Yeah, you saw, oh, we couldn't do with the doc. We can do with the nurse. Like, <laughs> this shit never ends. But it's it's just it's just so funny to me, like, 
obviously the search wasn't that extensive, right? It took what all of all of a week and a half. Like the this the the next round of the playoffs wasn't even over, and we we have a new coach. I mean, granted, it's a popular pick, and all the pundits like it and everything, but like how how much work and research and interviewing and how many candidates did they look at um it it just feels you know like we got the big name and, and everybody likes it all i think i think the sixers hit a home run with this hire um it doesn't matter to me i, I, I mean i i just don't i don't know what to say I really, I really don't know what to say. It would be like digging Steve Jobs up out. If you, if you dug Steve Jobs up out of the grave, and you're trying to revive Toys R Us, he couldn't turn that around. I mean, it doesn't. It's like the same fucking analogy. The Sixers are a dying franchise. They suck. I mean, you could bring out the, you could bring out the best coach. You could bring out the old fucking cigar sucking loser up in Boston. You could bring out Phil Jackson. Doesn't matter. This team stinks. They're filled with losers. They're filled with losers. Uh, front office is all losers. Daryl Morey's a loser. Uh, it's all that needs to be said. Nothing against Nick Nurse. Just it, this isn't it. No. Yeah, and it's just it's just crazy to me. I think I said it before, but the day after the Sixers lost, we're talking about who we're going to get this summer, and then Doc gets fired, and it's who's going to be the coach. I feel like there's never a reflection or a, a look in the mirror. It's just on to the next, and we'll be we'll be right back in this same spot next year. Frosties and everything else. We'll be we'll be we'll be hyping that. Up. The Eagles will be teeing up the the first kickoff of the year, and we'll be talking about the rotation. Uh, can we bring back Drummond? Can we bring back Drummond? Oh, I've I've seen that one. That that they, they got to bring in Drummond. He was like the best backup we've ever had. Uh, and that <laughs> now with Nick Nurse coming in, the the rumor today is uh, that Fred Van Fleet is going to be the Harden replacement. So. Uh, we'll we'll see about that when we can watch him shoot forty footers. But like that that that's the sh- that's the problem. That's the shit that cracks me up. So Fred Van Vliet, I watched for how many years in college with those great college teams that he played on. He he was a Wichita State guy, right? Yep. So that that team went to what a multiple Final Fours, if not elite elite eights. They were like one of the last unbeaten teams multiple years. Like they were a fantastic mid major for all those years. But yet I'm being told by the processors, you got to tank to lose to get the, the number one pick. So a guy like Van Vliet, where was he drafted? Yeah, I don't know. It definitely wasn't wasn't in the lottery, I don't think. Not I'm, like top I'm, five. I'm going to tell you right now. Pull uh, it up. Because this tells you all you need to know. So we can't draft the guy, but we'll get him on the back ass of his <laughs> fucking career um, and pay him, pay him big money and bring him in. But it's like I could have told you in college – to take a flyer on this guy. So let's see here. Yeah, four-year guy. Uh, <laughs> undrafted. <laughs> oh, my God. It says it all. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't understand how we, we keep we keep going in this circle and, and people, we, we go round and round. Okay, if you're going to trade a B, you're, you got to trade Max. You got to get rid of everybody and be bad enough to, to draft high, but. Fred Van Vliet, he could be the Harden replacement, and he's at, he's he's been in the league for a while. He's it's certainly probably not in his prime, undrafted, but he could be the replacement. Well, like what what are we talking about? It's uh it's it's comical at this point, but let's let's get off the hardwood. Uh, you you got flowers to give, and I I think it's uh it, it's a good topic uh to bring up on the pod as as baseball season not 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 the Phillies not the Phillies. Uh, but baseball season's cranking up uh, in college. I got flowers. I'm wearing the SJU hat. Uh, really a tough, tough end of the season for SJU baseball. So my flowers have to go to the University of Pennsylvania and their baseball team. Um, UPenn uh, has not won the Ivy League since, uh, I believe it was 1995. Some of this was self-inflicted. I believe they opted out of multiple COVID years, which, boy, that's a tough look if you're a player there. Just multiple seasons just getting jacked from you. But, yeah, last week they took home the uh, the conference title, the Ivy League title. They beat Princeton 16-3, and they sat around and they waited. They sat around and they waited. Um, they wanted to see where they went. 
Shout out to the head coach, John Yurkow, Rowan College guy. I went to multiple camps where he was one of the camp counselors as a young kid. Great guy. He's now the head coach of Penn, taking the boys to the NCAA tournament. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it's it's no rest for the weary for the Penn Quakers. They get to get into the Auburn Regional, number 13 Auburn. Play them Friday on ESPN. They're in the same region as Sanford and Southern Miss. So a uh, little plug there. If you have an opportunity, you're sitting around uh, on Friday, flip the game on. St. Joseph's, uh, obviously I mentioned that they um, they couldn't get it done. George Mason ended up winning the A-10. And uh, they have the pleasure of going down and playing number one ranked Wake Forest in the Winston-Salem Regional. So great time of year. I mean, got to give the flowers to Penn Baseball. It's been a while. They, uh, If you want to take a crazy flyer, I believe they're 1,500 to one to go to Omaha. Um, they have never advanced as, as an institution past the regional round. They're 0-5. I think they're 3-10 and 10 in the regional round, but 0-5 in terms of advancing to super regional. So, um, yeah, I mean, great time of year. I don't know how many of our listeners are into, like, college baseball, but if, if you find yourself flipping around, I mean, these games are electric. The NCAA tournament, electric. It's, it's one of the best times of year, in my opinion, as a baseball fan. Well, I think I'm going to have to flip it on because I, I tweeted out last night after the Phillies. Phillies didn't reach second base uh, in the entire game, losing the first game to the Mets uh, two to nothing. And we're not going to crack any second base jokes and, and not getting there. Um, but I tweeted out, you know, if you're having trouble sleeping, put the Phillies on these days um, because it's, you know, it, I, my eyes were shutting. Uh, you know, eight eight thirty p.m. And no, it was not the ace celebration. No, it was not the wedding I attended the next day. The the long holiday weekend and a lot of celebrating. No, it was the Phillies. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this team. I'm I'm tuning in because I want to see them beat the Mets and then watch Frank the Tank uh, freak out about the Mets losing to the Phillies. But you know how it goes. We we don't we don't beat the Mets. So, um. Yeah, good bone. I'll have to tune in, or good uh, good flower. I'll have to tune in to, to some college baseball here as it, as it heats up. Uh, but I, I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly, Bob. Uh, Bryce Harper, obviously the Phillies had the day off Monday, Memorial Day, and Tuesday they come out, and, and Bryce does not play. He's not in the lineup, uh, and they're calling it a rest day. Now, you just had a day off in the MLB, and you're playing a division rival at, at a crucial juncture as we reach the one-third mark of the season, and your star player is out for, for rest. Um, you texted me as soon as he was back, I remember, saying, like, this is the biggest rush job I've seen in years, and it's it's not going to end well. Yeah, and the rest day, I don't know if you if you looked into this, but it was like, it wasn't just like, hey, you have the game off, but he was instructed, don't pick up a bat, don't pick up a ball, like, basically, like, just put your uniform on and show up. Don't even take batting practice. Seems a little odd to me that, that that's what we're going with here. To your point, uh, game against a division rival. Um, you know, there's, there's no, no reason to think he had a setback, but again, this, this is what happens when you, when you try to rush back from these injuries and we're going to try to, we're going to paper over it now with a rest day and something's going to linger and then something else is going to get tweaked. And it's just, I mean, the body is such an amazing creation. There are many features that many people just don't understand, but like when one thing goes to shit and you are trying to compensate for it, multiple other pieces of your body go to shit. And it's just one of those things. There was no reason to rush this guy back. Now we're giving him rest days against our fucking biggest rival. It makes no sense. Something fishy, something very fishy, but it's hasn't been pretty for the Phils this year. I think I think we both gave out the under, you know, not to not to tout that uh, as we we have how many days till training camp? I feel like we're uh, we're starting to get the itch the way the Phillies are playing. So hopefully it turns around. We can enjoy a little bit of a little bit of this this summer, but I'm not encouraged. And, you know, everybody's already running uh, Trey Turner out of town. Last year it was was Castellanos, and he's having a nice year now, and this year it's Trey Turner. So uh, if he if he has a tough rest of the year, what a bust he'll be, right? Yeah, I mean, everyone just needs to relax. 
I was listening to uh, Andrew Jones was on the radio in uh, in Philly, and they were asking him about like when when did when did he panic either at the plate or with, like when his team was struggling or when he was at the plate. <laughs> it's the best answer ever. He goes, oh, I began to panic around the All Star break. <laughs> But those those Atlanta teams were so loaded. I mean, they they just they they probably won every series, and if they were around five hundred, he knew they were going to turn it on. But I, I have no I have no I mean, unless these guys are injured, nicked up, or otherwise, I have no reason to doubt why Trey Turner wouldn't get this thing going here soon. Um, you know, weather's going to heat up, get into the eighties, get into the nineties, balls start start flying out of the bank. I think the bigger issue here is the fucking pitching. Um, no really, just not this. This T, T, Taiwan Walker. Oh my God, he's fucking terrible. Yeah, the, the pitching, the pitching's been so bad. Um, I feel, I feel like I felt that from from the start. Like we we made a lot of ads and everything, but not anybody that that I really knew, and not anybody that I felt like moved the needle. And it's been uh, been quite a disaster. I think we have Nola night tonight, so uh, we know how that typically ends as well. It's either they lose one nothing and he pitches great, or the Phillies put up some runs and he gets shelled. So uh, I'd put my money on one of those two things happening tonight. Yeah, it'll, they'll they'll jump out. To, the Mets will jump out to like a five nothing lead in like the second or third inning. Any thoughts on the the Scott Rowland thing? I think he's being inducted into the Phillies Wall of Fame. I know you're, you know, when, when we talk about things and. and you know, we talked about everything but the chip. Like, you have a little bit better memory uh, than me of, of kind of the older Philly sports happenings. What are your thoughts on rolling going on the wall? First of all, I was not expecting this this segment. I was not <laughs> expecting this topic. But I have a lot of thoughts about this. Let's go. I read this the other day. I read this, I guess, last night before bed. So first of all, this jerk off doesn't even feel the need to come to the ceremony. Did you did you hear that? I saw that. Yeah, uh, personal scheduling conflict. What the fuck? You're retired. <laughs> um, I think it's more likely that he knew he was about to be booed, and rightfully so. Um, this team was jobbed by multiple people in that era. Scott Rowland, one of them. JD Drew, a second one. As far as I'm concerned, both of those guys are public enemy number one. Anytime they enter the city of Philadelphia, um, Roland came to this team during a very important time, I think, in the metamorphosis of this franchise, where they went from absolute doormat coming out of the, you know, the hangover of the mid 90s after the 93 World Series, where they popped for a year um, up until the, you know, the push to kind of make the playoffs, get into the new stadium, spend money. And this guy just pulled the the exit hatch as soon as he could. He wanted nothing to do with the blue-collar city. He wanted to, you know, he made comments over the years about how St. Louis fans just know baseball better. Um, And then, you know, in Cincinnati, he goes to the Reds at the end of his career. No love was lost. I remember going to a game where I believe it was the same series where Halliday had the had the no hitter, where Roland was booed out of the stadium, people yelling at him, the whole thing. So it's a very very strange decision. I don't think the guy's a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame player. So is this? Did the Phillies make this move just because he was inducted into the Hall of Fame? Um. It's a bizarre move. It's a bizarre move. He, I mean, it, it, it would be like if Ben Simmons went on to like reclaim his fucking, his fucking career and goes on to be an NBA Hall of Famer. And now we're welcoming Ben back to ring the fucking bell. Maybe, maybe the, the Phillies are just trying to put him on blast once more, you know, after, after the sour ending of that, that relationship back in the day, but. They should just cancel it now that he that he's not coming. I I, I it's very is it just me or is that just really strange that the guy won't be there? It makes no sense. You you would want to show up if you were getting getting honored for something. Or if they called you and said we want to honor you and and he truly had a scheduling conflict, can't you say you know what guys? How about next year? Yeah. Like How hard what's is the that? big rush? Yeah, it's odd. A lot, a lot of, a lot of odd things going on down, down at the bank in, in South Philadelphia right now. But I, I figured that was up your alley. And there are a lot, you know, there are a lot of. Gosh, we went through the Simmons slippers, the Wentz worshippers. 
there were a lot of rolling apologists. You know, there, I, and I don't know if it's an age thing where people don't really recall like the stunt this guy pulled and the comments this guy made when he left. I mean, fuck, I, I fucking hate Scott Rowan. <laughs> That's hard to ask, man, because I, I just kind of remember him. He was like a good player, but he was on bad teams. That's like yeah, all, that's what he, yeah, yeah. That's all my memory was of, of Scott. Yeah, but Rowan. he won his gold gloves and his silver silver sluggers, and then he he got into a winning city that loved baseball. Fuck off, dude. Peace, Scott Rowan. Um, couple more things. I put out on an Instagram poll uh, this morning. Zach Bryan, uh, artist. I don't know if you want to call him country or folk country, or uh, I'm you know I'm not a musician here. Uh, but he, he was down in the Sixers jersey. I think he has two nights at Wells Fargo. One was Tuesday night, once, once tonight. Uh, he had the Sixers jersey on. I said, disregard the Sixers jersey. Are you a fan of Zach Bryan? Uh, poll results. 68% of our, our, our followers uh, on the Instagram said they are fans of Zach Bryan. 30, 32% said they are not. Uh, I myself am not a fan of Zach Brown. I don't think his music's like awful. I just don't think it's, it's not for me. It's not something I'm, I'm reaching or to put on, uh, when I'm going for a drive or a walk or, or exercise or anything like that. It's just, doesn't really slap for me. Uh, but I, I got nothing against it. I just wanted to throw it out there because I feel like this guy's got a ton, a ton of hype, uh, especially in Philly. Uh, although he was born in, in Japan and I think spent a lot of his time in the States in Oklahoma or he calls Oklahoma home, but, uh, for some reason, he's like a Philly guy, and he latches onto the sports teams and whatnot. But his girl's from Philly. His girl's from Philly. That's the deal. I, th- I think. Yeah, I think, I think she's the, from like South Philly. I think the other thing I saw is that they they broke up like today or or recently, and he's like really, and he's put, yeah, like he announced it on Twitter today before his show tonight, and people are like, oh, this show's going to be electric. So, little emotion for for Zach uh, at the center tonight, but. Just wanted to get get your take and, and put it out to the people because he's he's got a ton of hype. Clearly, a talented dude. Just not my thing. But what are your thoughts on Zach Bryan and the music? Uh, <clears throat> uh, I, you know, I got a couple friends that have been in on this guy for like when it, when he originally even like popped. I guess. Um, uh, so you can't so jump multi- on multiple years. They were on this bandwagon way early. I was way off it. I've now come all the way back, <clears throat> and I think I know why. His like recorded album stuff I'm not a huge fan of but his live album and like his live music is electric like fantastic alright so maybe I gotta check that out you gotta check out the live albums he's got on um, on Spotify I think the major one is entitled All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster Um, that's a fantastic I can get down live album and then you know not to be the hometown Philadelphia honk, you know, it sounds like he maybe broke up with his girl, but just this January, um, he said he would release a new single if the Eagles beat the Giants in the divisional round. They did drop the single. I mean, what more do you want from the guy? I remember that one. I remember that that move. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I didn't know what, what, what the craze was. I guess it's it's just the music, and he shows Philly a lot of love, so that's that's fair. It's just like I said, not not my cup of tea. But maybe maybe I'll come around. I'll keep everybody posted. But I just wanted to see where everybody else was was at on this guy because uh, I think I talked to my brother when I visited him a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "Do you listen to this guy?" And I'm like, "Not really." Like a lot of people are into it, but it's I'm not crazy about it. And he's like, "Yeah, me either." But a lot of people are. So good for Zach, man. And it seems like he kind of came out of nowhere too. Like I don't know that a lot of his stuff. Actually, the other day I heard it on the radio, I think for one of the first times, but I don't know that a lot of his stuff was like played, you know what I mean? Like on the airwaves or anything. It was kind of like more of like, I guess, like a behind the scenes, like YouTube type deal, I guess. Yeah. And I, and I read that he served in the military. I I forget which, uh, which branch, but, uh, fitting, fitting with Memorial Day to bring that up. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, uh, all past present future service members obviously um despite everything that's happening in the world i still think we live in the greatest country in the world so uh gotta gotta throw that out there around memorial day um i think that's it last thing we gotta do man 
I don't know if you want to pick the NBA finals. I, I got to at least pick the Stanley Cup finals, but ha- how about some some picks for what do, what do you got for NBA? Game one Thursday in Denver. Uh, Stanley Cup final opens Saturday night in Vegas, which I have to say, we haven't talked a lot of hockey. Uh, I've enjoyed the NBA playoffs this year, maybe a little more than the NHL, which is a lot for me. Uh, but I will say I'm going to be totally tuned in to this Stanley Cup final. Um, and even if you're just like not a hockey fan or, you know, you can't get into it, you have, have, have to watch the pregame festivities in Vegas uh, before these cup final games. Game one is in Vegas Saturday night. I think game two is Monday night. You got to catch the, the pregame and, and the Vegas intro for this because it's one of the greatest spectacles, and these guys skate out of the night helmet. I mean, I, I'd, I'd skate through the boards right across the ice. I'd be so jacked up. So you got to check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll stay with the hockey first. Um, I know a lot of people are, are writing and complaining, oh, it's two small market teams, and nobody in Florida cares about hockey. And, you know, Vegas, the team is five years old. Like, why do they get in and this and that? Uh, it's bad for the league. I think it's going to be a great series. Like I said, I think the NHL playoffs have underwhelmed a little bit this year. Uh, but you have two teams uh, with a ton of talent, uh, a lot of toughness and, and nastiness, both playing really well. Um, I got to go with Florida. I'm going to go with Florida in seven. I don't know how this layoff affects them. They swept the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, all the games were pretty tough, but they swept them. They've had some time off, so maybe they lose some mojo. Uh, but I think they have the best player in, in Matthew Kachuk, and I think they have the better goalie uh, in, in a guy who's well-known in this city, in Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, so I'm going Florida, and I think they do it in seven on the road the way they've done it the whole way. Uh, they, they've been the road team, and they, they just they just grind the shit out of everybody. I, I like the Panthers to win the Stanley Cup in seven. Wow. And you had to throw Bob in there, man, huh? Yeah, well now we're now we're now Danny B's taking over and they're asking him if he's going to trade Carter Hart. Like maybe trading Bob wasn't the move. I don't know. I I don't need to, as the Sixers people like to say, I don't need to go back and be a, a, a revisionist history guy. <laughs> they just never let Bob play in any playoff series. Um, I want to take I want to take the Golden Knights, but there's another factor. I mean, Kachuk obviously makes the move from Calgary. He was getting killed for that. I think a great move to Florida. Doesn't want to pay those income taxes up in Canada. Comes down to a no-income tax state. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Leads him to the the cup final. But there's another factor here that you're missing. And it's, it's the old addition by subtraction. Florida Panthers were able to get a guy who never won anything out of the locker room. Claude Giroux. Kick cans after the rental. Let's go with Bobrovsky in the net. Let's bring Kachuk in. Let's win the cup. I, I think, obviously, Panthers win it. I think it goes six or seven. All right. Um, NBA Finals Thursday night in Denver. Uh, Nuggets have looked really sharp, really good. Uh, deep team, talented team. It's crazy to watch uh, a big man like Jokic move up and down the floor and facilitate offense, and they can run an offense through him. It's it's really hard to believe and something to watch, uh, something we're not used to in this town, watch, watching a big man that can play like that. But uh, it, it pains me to say it because I, I love Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I love, you know, his attitude, his, his leadership, uh, the, the dog in him. But I think the Nuggets are, are really good. Um, I gotta go. I think I gotta go Nuggets, and I think they do it in six. I like it, G. I'm uh, admittedly not a Western Conference guy, you know, except for the years where the Sixers win the Western Conference final. Um, this year, unfortunately, with Boston losing and not being able to get there, we can't hang another banner. Um, in spite of all that, I think I have to stick with with Jimmy. And, and, and really comes down to the, to the head coach. Um, I just think Spo has, has a way about him. I think he cultures real, Pat Riley real. I mean, at the end of the day, the Nuggets beat old-ass LeBron and the Lakers. I mean, they, they've sucked for the last couple of years. So um, I'm riding with the Heat. I'm riding with Jimmy. Give me Spo. Give me Chris Quinn. Dude, I got to get one of those, like, those fresh black Miami Heat polos that just have like the white heat in in like the font. I gotta get one of them for the course, man. They're electric. 
That's some swag. I thought you were going to say you had to get the Chris Quinn Notre Dame jersey. Well, that too, dude. He was a baller. I think I got a – I don't know if I want to get my hands on a Jimmy Butler Sixers jersey or a Jimmy Butler Heat jersey. But either no, there way. are none. They all burned them on the way out of town because they wanted to- Toby. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I think I think both these finals should be uh, should be great, should be good series. Uh, obviously, four good teams going at it here, so we'll, we'll enjoy it. Uh, hopefully – Nolan Knight go, goes as planned tonight. We'll see. Um, but I think that's all I got this week, Bob. You got anything else for the people? Nah, just another plug. Get it If you get a chance and you're looking for something to turn on or even, you know, you're working from home or something, flip flip on the the college baseball regionals. Just just electric stuff. I love it. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. And I got to plug uh, our sponsor, Menard Premium Detailing. Uh they have the car meetup and fundraising event Saturday, June 10th, tacos and tailpipes. Uh, it's at 125 Industrial Drive in Warminster, PA, uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, I plan on, on popping by and stopping by, so just want to get the plug out there uh, for them as well. But that's all I got, Bob. We good? We good. We good. All right, well, we'll thank everybody for listening. A wish you a great week. We'll talk to you next time.